See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Alright, Slow Robot A Go Go 305. My name's Mal, and guess what? We have a special guest. That means half talking with me, half talking with someone else this week. Yay! Who's with me? Uh, my name is Promi. Promi, yes. If you listen to any of Mal's other concerns. <laughs> from Indie Circuit and or Saki Bama Go Go fame. Yes. Fame in air quotes, of course. So, he brought me all the way in from the studio I was already sitting in. <laughs> yes. It was a long trek. Lots of mountains. Yeah. With snow on both sides. We got sides. a lot of those in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So, I, there's a reason that Promi has come into our Lester studio to talk with us today on on uh, Slow Robot Go Go, but we're going to hold on that. You'll, that will become evident, and that we're going to start out how we always start out, talking about what we watched this week. Do you want to go first, or should I? Are you thinking about what you've watched well, this week? Well, I've, I've, I mean, well, since the last time we talked on this show, I've watched <laughs> That's a lot. Twenty thousand. Uh, since I've never been on this show. Yeah. Um, no, you were on once. Uh, was I? Yeah, we did a segment on. Uh, we were just talking about. Um, we just had like a discussion kind of thing about. I think it was just about movies. I forget what it was. It was a freeform show. That it didn't was. Fit the normal format. It was breaking all the rules, which, man. <laughs> which I wouldn't know since I hadn't been on any of the ah, shows. But. And just so you were know, you can fucking curse all you want on this show because it's not uh, uh, one for the other thing. Awesome. I don't curse a lot, but I did that just to like you know yeah. you know you're exclamation point. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, no. It's it's good uh, to know I don't have to be careful or like when I do something you're not gonna go up. Ah, it hit stop. Our, our other shows are uh, radio. So they they're they're radio friendly, of course. You have to curb the otherwise crude language. Where in this one, if it fits, let it flow. If it doesn't, that's cool too. I don't like I don't curse for no reason, but I think it's sometimes you can you know it's it's uh, there's a point needed. Uh, yeah. So I, well, I'll let you think okay. if, in the last week or two because you have that movie pass, which is pretty interesting. Uh, you know, we'll maybe we'll talk about that after this. Okay. All right, I started off. I watched Tenacious D, and I'm not sure how that uh, fares. It, it, I liked that movie a lot when it was com- when it came out when it was like 2001 or 99 or I don't know yeah. I used to love them and this time I was laughing but I was kind of like I don't know I don't know I don't know how to feel about that Jack Black and that whole thing yeah. I liked it well you know we talked about this on a different show somehow yeah, or other yeah um, I recall either that or I'm my my mind is time traveled either uh, it's fine I, I kind of like the idea of the second one but um. But I don't know. The the thing I think uh, that that kind of goes wrong there is when you watch that now, you look at that and go, oh, that damn Jack Black shtick. Uh, you know, his, him doing his bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> man, this is getting old. Back and, then it wasn't but old. But that's was the problem. Fresh and new. Back then it was fresh and new. And so, you know. Exciting we, and we, new. We were having another conversation sort of off air about, you know, viewing uh, history through the lens of our modern sensibilities. Yes. And I think with movies and entertainment, it's easy to do that, too. Is that when you watch something like that, which was Jack Black in a slightly raw, rawer form, more yeah. of a base Goofball, what he was. funny, and yeah. You see that through the lens of a decade and a half, almost two decades of Jack Black, <laughs> where he's sort of tamed down a little. It's kind of like if you go back... I, I think the same thing would happen if you went back and watched any... Like um, like the early stuff that uh, Jim Carrey did. Oh, yeah, because I love Jim Ace Carrey. Ace Ventura, I don't think, probably holds as good today no, as, it's it, funny. as it did. Or Ace Ventura 2, you know, when he, when he's being... When a rhinoceros uh-huh. is giving birth to him. <laughs> I didn't like <laughs> that. I was like, actually, I didn't that like that is, part. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, the thing is, is that some of that, I think, generally speaking, was better than just because you hadn't had so much of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody is breaking ground with something or doing something that you haven't seen before, there's going to be people that love it and people that hate it. Yeah. And then over time, I think the feelings on it begin to head more towards the middle. Which on is both that you sides. Have, so yeah. Like, eh, whatever. The, the people yeah. that hated it originally are more used to seeing that kind of thing because it, it hit big enough to make, make it popular. Um, and the people that were so in love with it became less so as they saw more of it over time. Or, or they become crazy, like Mel Gibson movies. I can barely watch them now. Now I think I'll li- I'll li- lighten up on that a little bit. Yeah. But you turn it turns out how he who he is, and you're like, well, I don't like that. Guy. I don't want to support that guy. 
Yeah. Like, I don't like him as a person. I don't know him as a person, but I mean, what I've heard from him in the last couple of years has not been favorable. It seems like he's know? just an alcoholic and maybe a little bit crazy. And yeah, but so, lar- but it seems like all the bad stuff with him, ha- alcohol is involved <laughs> in the uh, in the situation. Yeah, so- I know. sober Mel seems very re- remorseful and <laughs> sorry for what he did when he was drinking. But not sorry, so enough, but, but, Mao, not, but you know, but not sorry enough not to pick up the drink, you know. So is sober Mao. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I should I should give him a break. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, then the next one I I watched UHF, which I still laughed so much. Weird Al, I have found this. That one I think I actually like more oh, these I days than I did at the time. Yeah, I love it's funny and it's just so. I don't know what to say about it. That's I mean, one of those movies that doesn't feel like it should have ever gotten made. No. Like, 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 the, like, it's kind of unimagin- unimaginable that somebody actually greenlit that, which is what makes it awesome. <laughs> it is, and, and and you know, I watched it, and I I actually have it as a DVD. I found it at some. Let's turn on the hose. Yeah, I. I <laughs> what was it? The. Oh, it was just a, he bit into some like hot, hot sauce. Or something? I forget what that one. That where the kid is on that little horse and they do the fire hose. That's like that was like the prize for something. It was like you know, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I don't know. So that that held up. I really had a fun time with that. And then so I also did with I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> I love that movie, and I was afraid it wasn't gonna hold. And I put it in. And I was like, oh my god, I laughed harder than ever. And it was just that is a comedy. I I really think is just. Incredible, you know the Wayne brothers. They have, you know, uh, not Wayne. I was gonna say they have been uh, uh, turning out some stuff that wasn't so good. They've been flowed. Yeah, but then some that's good. I'm not. They're not. They have an ebb and flow. But this one to me was just the funniest thing ever, you know. And it, I didn't get the joke the first time. They go, this girl was doing this song in a, in a nightclub, and they're like, ah, the lady singing is awful. Who is it? Ah, it's just the the producer's or the director's sister. It is the director's <laughs> sister. She's away, and I didn't. I didn't know until I looked up. I was like, "Oh my god, that even makes it funnier." Uh, and then, speaking of uh, your earlier one, I watched Dumb and Dumber. Still funny. Still love it. The first one. Yeah. I don't know about any other stuff. I I, I gave up after that. Um, then I watched Happy Gilmore, which I liked Sandler's first couple, but then he has been pretty. Sleepwalking through a lot of stuff. He basically you know? does those uh, animated Dracula movies now. That's I think his bread and butter is uh, animated Dracula movies. <sighs> Castle Trans or uh, Hotel Transylvania, I think is what it's called. Oh wow, he's in those. There's oh, like okay. a third one coming out. <laughs> wow, he uh, does the voice of the the count. Keeps him revel- relevant. Well, it keeps him. You, you know, know and, keeps and, him paid. And he was another guy that I was kind of like. He's been doing this for twenty years. Of course, his shtick is old. You know, he's been doing comedy for a long time. The one thing I do hate about his movies is he's always like this superheroish guy, you know. That like, oh, well, even in Pixels, up oh, he's the guy that can do everything, and you know, everyone loves him. And he like he never his character never grows or anything. Like, he just shows up, King Awesome goes through something and comes out Super King Awesome, and you're like, okay, whatever. Uh, but the first I do like the first ones were fine. Then I watched The Rift, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, good movie, good sci-fi movie. It was very it was it was it was one of those that you thought about and, you, and as you're watching you're like wow this is pretty cool I thought I was in for a real B movie of event but no it was good and that's out on their Netflix too so if you like that kind of stuff then I watched Oliver Stone's Untold History of the USA and wow there was a lot of uh I didn't I never believed when people talk about oh all that political intrigue and how you know the, the stonecutters are you know and all this other the Freemasons and all that uh-huh. stuff and Maybe I've been naive. Uh, maybe not to the effect that they put it. Like you had even mentioned, he he uh, really. It's, which side do you look at it from? And if you take the extreme of one end or another, it, how it affected history and stuff like that. It's easy. And it's easy to look at history and assume that that was a that it was headed down planned. a planned path. Yeah, where and when it just happened. When you know. certain things, yeah, a lot of how we ended up where we were were luck. Yeah. Uh, or incidents that were not really controlled, but it's easy to look back on the path and say that that was a planned oh, path. Yeah. But but was in, it living yeah. in the time? The odds that things would work out magically in the way that your puppet master was orchestrating it, you know, yeah. it's kind of like the the Luminary. Um, you know, you you look up that group and that, that oh the Illuminati. Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And the Illuminati were real. And okay, well, here's the thing: you know, a conspiracy a conspiracy theorist will say they are still real. 
Sure. And that what they've done is successfully hidden themselves by making the world think that they were basically a failure. But it, when you look at the actual history of them, they were a group that did have ambitions and were very quickly stamped out, and that yeah. was that. Well, I know Onyx famously said that they were trying to keep them down. The Illuminati was, mm-hmm. at, was working on Onyx. The rap group was yeah. keeping them down. I don't know how true that was. Or why. It was just a line in one of their raps. I listened to <laughs> Onyx too much. Uh, yeah, so, you know, and it was one of those things where I was like... I, well, Onyx was trying to keep me down. Yeah. There's, a, there's a whole... There's going to be a documentary about this someday. <laughs> Good. But... I love... Hey, Netflix loves documentaries. I mean, <laughs> you may wonder why Onyx would be set out to pur- purposefully ruin my life, but believe me... Apparently it, it you all, didn't all, back to fuck up. That's all, the problem. All, yeah, exactly. All the, all the, all the points... <laughs> Tie together. It's all the string, man. Once Just, I find somebody who's willing to produce the documentary, yarn um, attack, brother, make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> Just that that network of insanity. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, I, I I think I was on the other side. I was I was naively like, no, that none of that, nothing affected nothing. That's all bullshit. You know, I didn't believe any of it. But then I watched that. and I was like, eh, I'm not gonna believe all of it. Yeah, I mean... Some shit just happens because it happens, but I was kind of... I was Now, instead of being completely like, no, my government can't even fix potholes, they sure as hell didn't influence this way or pressure that way. Probably some. Yeah. That's yeah, and, and, yeah. and that's the takeaway, I would say. I'd say Oliver Stone, with the stuff he's done over the last 10 years or so, definitely shows a personal bias. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the same way that when you go to see a movie made by... um, What the hell is that guy's name? The one that did Bowling for Columbine and um, oh Michael Moore, Michael yeah. Moore. You he know when you go to a Michael it, yeah. Moore documentary that you're not going to get a an even um, 50-50 <laughs> take on whatever the source material is. You can basically tell from the trailer what he wants you to come yeah. out of that movie thinking. Oh, you're and, insane! Now I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it's also how much you like the person. Yeah, it I definitely don't, is. I look at him and his face, and I think ah, that's someone I wouldn't want to spend five minutes in, at a party talking to. I don't, I don't want to. I don't care what you say about uh, oil or whatever the hell right. bowling for comma. I was like, I don't. Your, your take is not that no, it's not valid. I just don't want to hear it. I mean, right. you know, like I just and there's a lot of that. Uh, hell, I love the dead Kennedys, but I couldn't spend three minutes talking to Jello Biafra. I'd shoot myself in the head. You know, <laughs> you, you, there's a level of crazy that you're like, I can't deal with this. You know, and yeah. that's. So now that's all I watched this week. Do you have? Did you? Did you do your movie that's, pass? That's then? all you watched this week. Yeah. Jeez, man, you're slacking. Um, I wish there was a way I could get paid to watch nonstop B movies. Well, I could actually watch, a market for a critic in that. I could watch twelve a day. No, that's too long. I could watch eight a day. I can. I can. I guarantee I could watch eight movies that well, most, most people of those would say, are only about seventy minutes anyway, right? And most people would say they were unwatchable trash, and I could be that guy. Somebody. I wonder if the government has... You know what? You know what? You could be a professional reviewer for Netflix because that seems to be about 30 to 40% of their content. Wow. You know, and I'll tell you what. Maybe there's a grant. You could even even promote yourself as doing a public service. I watched it, so you don't have to. If I could get a grant to watch crappy movies, I would do that tomorrow. I would literally walk in and say, well, I'm done because I found my calling. Bye, everyone. You know, in this crazy hustle and bustle world <laughs> where people don't have time to spend with their families or to even cook a good meal, sitting down to watch a movie or TV series on Netflix is a serious commitment. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you gotten 45 minutes into a quote-unquote Netflix original before realizing that tonight you were going to go to bed unfulfilled because that one slot of time you had was wasted? Imagine if there was somebody that would watch that movie for you. Somebody whose tastes were already lower than yours. Uh, that could tell you that if they did not like it, you were absolutely going to hate it. Somebody whose opinion you would trust in that regard. My pain you threshold. Still be, you, know, you might still be leery when he says it was good, but when he says it was bad... Holy you know shit. It, it, you're not eating the Czech cereal. <laughs> that is that. This show is a testimonial to a pain threshold that most people can't yeah. even conceive of. And I'll tell you straight up, I should get paid somehow to to be that guy, the public service man. We'll see. I'm gonna see if I can put it for a. Like, how do we know that pepper spray and mace works? Because somebody got <laughs> shot in the eyes of it enough. Now, in in clinical tests, it was normally rabbits, but I'm Mao not, is willing to be. <laughs> I'm that cynical uh, guy that's gonna get mace sprayed in my uh, the the uh, cinema mace will get sprayed in cinema my eyes. Cinema mace. Yep. <laughs> That should be the name of the song. Yo, Cinema Maze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, did you watch anything this week? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I watched Annihilation. Um, sci-fi slash fantasy slash horror slash deep thinking movie. Is that new? Um, yes. 
um, starring Natalie Portman. And I think, I'm not 100% certain on this, but I think it was just kind of a limited release in theaters because I think it's actually destined for Netflix. Uh. But I think they are playing some, uh, you know, Oscar was she, was she angle. Was she was good in it. Um, it was a peculiar movie, though. I would not say it's a movie for everyone. I, I always was hopeful that she would make a really strong comeback after the the Star Wars. Oh, she definitely strong. has. Yeah, because she did that with Black Swan. Black Swan. I mean, she's been in so much stuff. Because she seemed stuff. like she was a great actress and just was in that. She said though that mess. publicly that it was that that almost killed her career. Uh, that's a scary thing, man. Yeah, you know, because like, there you are working, cutting. You know, you're making your bones working your ass off to be an actor. You're getting a lead character in a trill and a relaunch of a trilogy, hey, one of the most beloved win. movies of all time. Like, hey, I've just made it, and then you know, oh, fast forward. Shit. <laughs> As you're dreading the third movie coming out because you know what everyone said about the last two, and you're like, ugh, at least they kill me. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here for shooting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go uh, ahead. Uh, sorry. Uh, but it was, um, I can't think of his name, but it was the same guy who wrote uh, 28 Days Later, um, and oh, the wow. follow-up to that, mm. and he directed uh, Ex Machina, which was uh, one of my one that's, of my personal favorites. That's an incredible movie. Um, so I had re- I was really excited to go into this one, and I went in, I actually went to a very very late showing on a Friday night. Like um, I want to say it started at like a quarter to one, which was a mistake. Wow. Uh, because they have shows that start at quarter to one, like twelve forty-five. Yeah, so that movie got out, and it was you know. Theaters aren't twenty-four hour theaters, are they? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. no that's like the last. Yeah, that would have been one of the last possible showings. But nowadays, they they pack in thirty minutes worth of uh, trailers now. So you got home at five thirty. The sun <laughs> was coming like up. It. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> but I, it had been a stressful day. I didn't, this is not a movie to watch when you're not fully awake. I will tell you that much because there were elements that happened in the, there are things that happened in the movie that looking back, I'm not entirely certain were the movie and just not me falling asleep during the movie and dreaming and then waking back up and coming back into the movie because some of the stuff that happens in the movie is so bizarre and so trippy and weird. And the plot is, I would say it does not follow a normal um, linear plot line. Like, there's definitely concepts at work here. There's definitely ideas about things. But it's not a movie that's like a... It's not the type of movie you would normally sit down and watch from beginning to end. Like, character starts here, character gets here, and then this is the revelation at the end for the character. Yeah. Because uh, the easiest way I can quote it is there's... The basic way I'll describe it is is that something comes to our planet that might be alive or might not be alive. And it actually hits somewhere up in the panhandle of Florida... And this barrier forms around it, and they refer to it as the shimmer, which it kind of has this... That shin of yours. It kind of has a look sort of like a bubble does when you, you know, like a... Like a translucent sort of color wavy thing. I know in the 50s and 60s they used to use like a white plastic, almost kind of like a white painted plastic bubble was very common shield that mm-hmm. they could make like lightning come out of if someone came close to it or whatever <laughs> you know it, it was rudimentary but the same kind of concept like and, that and the idea shield, was that you know. this shimmer thing is growing and inside of it something is happening but nobody knows what and they keep sending people in and nobody ever comes back out Whoa. and radio signals don't seem to be coming back out so they they basically have no idea what's going on inside this area but the area is expanding and they've had to evacuate like a military base and a state park and then now they had to evacuate a town because it's just enveloping more and more and more so they the plan is they're probably going to try and do the whole world under this thing but that's you... the thing is is they don't know they don't know if uh, there's a intelligent force at work here or if this is what is this the hell is it or, oh, or what man. is it so and and uh there's one person that's actually made it out and the way that person made it out was under bizarre circumstances which ends up being her husband and there's a reason why she gets pulled into all of this that sort of fits logically, but it's kind of also a, you don't want to think about that part too hard. I uh, think I saw the com- and is she it go- like in a woodsy part. Yes, I saw the commercial. And they for go her in something. and right. and like the like things are different inside of it. Like like the there's plants there that have flowers that have six or seven different bre- different um, varieties of flowers blooming I off know of them what at you're the same time. Now. Okay. There's like deer that have flowers growing off their antlers. There's like a giant alligator that seems like it's been morphed with a, a shark. There's, uh, you know, like, oh, really? like weird, just yeah. really, really bizarre stuff. And, and, uh, they're trying to figure out like what's causing it exactly. If what's causing it is malicious, have we been invaded or is this yeah, what's going on? And so. the truth of the thing matter is this is a slight spoiler. Yeah, spoiler at the, at the end of the movie. You still don't know. 
and yeah. neither does she or anybody else. Wow. They're, so wait for Annihilation Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> wink. You know. No, I don't think there will be a uh, because I I it, this is one of those movies that can be very frustrating. I think because it's the one one of those ones where you're not given the solution or given the answer, yeah. and and because of that, there is not necessarily a resolution in the end that everybody wants. I mean, there is yeah. a resolution to the existential threat, but in terms of whether that threat was was uh, had a had a consciousness behind it, whether that threat was setting out to do something, yeah, you don't know, it, or was it the equivalent of uh, what happens when you step on an ant mound when you weren't looking? Oh my God, this monster is trying to kill us! <laughs> yeah. And it's like I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Whoops. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, you know. All, all things considered, I wouldn't say I would necessarily recommend it, but I think it's headed to Netflix. Yeah. I think I think it was destined yeah, 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 for that. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's worth checking out. There's definitely some crazy crazy shit going on in the movie. It's but it, it's meant to make you think. Yeah, that's but cool. But it's also got definitely has some scary moments and some really beautiful visuals, which is kind of that's does, what I remember. It was like almost like a video game where these visuals were beautiful, but like kind of haunting. Yeah. slightly like it had like the heavy mist out of and this his deer comes walking out and you're like oh that's beautiful but then you're waiting for like the bottom jaw to open up and, and vol- right. like, hit the human and you're like I don't, I don't know if i should like this but it's beautiful and that's kind of a neat and, sensibility and when you're when you're watching that kind of stuff it's like because it's unsettling yeah you know? but you're looking at something gorgeous you know? yeah and it's it's so it's, and, and like, like the that. lighting is all weird and they basically say it's because you're seeing it through the prism of this a different yeah yeah so, yeah so uh so yeah huh. it, it's interesting but definitely not for everyone. Yeah. I I don't not I I will probably watch it again someday. I'm not going to be rushing to watch it again. Um just more because it interested me. Yeah. But but yeah. it's not it's definitely not a not not something you want to do. Not a crowd pleaser. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. All right. Um also I saw um Black Panther yeah, oh, cool. And uh, it, I'd say it lives up to the hype. Man, um, that thing is hitting huge. Everyone's mm-hmm. in love with that. Like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Kind of comes out and you're like, finally. And then the, the, the adoration just pours on these things. There's know? a there's a discussion to be had that can't really be had by me as a, as a heterosexual white male uh. um, about some of the stuff that goes on in that movie, which is definitely attributed, can definitely be attributed to why the movie is successful. But I will say that Saying that, it sounds like I might be saying, "Oh, it's just black exploitation and blah 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 blah." No, it's yeah. definitely not. It is a movie that <laughs> it is a movie that was definitely directed and directed by somebody with an intent of of definitely oh, being a yeah. meaningful movie to a particular audience. I will say that the thing that's amazing about it, though, is is that they pulled it off without it being dismissive to everyone else. Yeah, and honestly, I can say that uh, I I can understand what it must be like for someone for a black person to go see a movie where the heroes and stuff are all white. Yeah. Like, and yeah, yeah. like, it's good, you know, no, no, no. But I mean, like there was a review I write about it on that personal review, not a, mm-hmm. not a commercial review where a guy was kind of saying, you know, that as a kid growing up, he went to see movies and he liked movies and he always thought the relationship he had with the movie was the same relationship everybody did, which is that there was no real empathy. There was no really feeling like you could relate to the character. It was just a story and you watched it. And no, oh, that was a good movie. And he's like, when I went in to see this movie, suddenly the lead character was a character that I could relate to. He wasn't he wasn't done in a way where it seemed like it was like like they were just it it wasn't a dumb comedy. It wasn't pandering. And it, it wasn't, wasn't pandering. Yeah. It's like for the first time, the both both the hero and the villain were characters that I could relate to. The places that they were in, you know, like the one guy came from an area that looked like an apartment complex my grandmother lived in. That's and cool. he's like, I could watch that movie, and for the first time, I could really feel like that escapism, that sort of like injecting yourself into the hero's journey and seeing where they go. And he's like, and now I finally get it. I get why why <laughs> he's yeah. like, I get why white people like movies. <laughs> basically, is what he said. Wow. Because for the first time, I walked into a movie and I actually had that experience where it was completely relatable. And walking yeah, out of it, really I felt there yeah. was like an emotional connection. And he's like, and you know, I never yeah. saw movies that way before. That's amazing because I never even th- thought about that kind of stuff. Because I don't really, I mean, I, I can't say I don't see color, but I, I don't think I. I watch Japanese well, movies you don't and cream, see, and but, I but don't care. A, like, yeah, but but at the same time, you don't see it because you've never you you've never been al- you've never been on the other side of that fence. Yeah, so you've never yeah. been alienated from it. They talk about white privilege. I think this is it, and I think it's a mm. lot subtler than it than the message of white privilege is like, oh, you got into that store because you know, or you, like, no, they, I didn't. they let you do this because of that, and it feels very confrontational. But I think 
I think the mm. reality of that is that it's a lot su- more subtle, right. and it's something that we don't notice just because we're used to having it. And you yeah. know, what how, how how true or not true that is is not for us to decide. Yeah, I will but, say, but I will say, uh, walking into that movie, I could understand how this movie was not speaking to me, but yeah. it was still a good movie. I, like I think I had the reverse of that guy's yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing I walked out of thinking of, you know, is, is that it's sad that as a society, this has to be hold, held up as a special thing. Because honestly, it was a great movie, and it feels like every other movie, movie should have been yeah. like this one. That Marvel is a run ro- runaway m- money train. Yeah. At this point, they they are a juggernaut that cannot be, ma- you know, um, rivaled. Uh, I will say, longtime listeners of of uh, of our show here definitely know all about black exploitation. I do one every about every eighth <laughs> show is you know whatever you know, and and uh, and I love them. I. Not for negative reasons. I, yeah. I think they're a very the anomaly of the black exploitation and sex exploitation and any of that stuff is those movies usually are dreck and just trash. But sometimes there's that hidden gem that you just it has a heart or it, it meant something, you know. And it wasn't just you know whatever uh, Shaft that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I, uh, Pam Greer's been on this show about nine times, I think, <laughs> <laughs> with just various movies through the years. But, and, uh, uh, but it's neat, yeah. you know. It's, it's but that was definitely a great movie. Yeah, all, all, oh, I, yeah. I would I would recommend it to anybody. And if cool. if you are black, you're definitely gonna gonna like it in a way that it speaks in a way that's intelligent and not uh not pandering or like yeah. it doesn't feel as as much as you know on some level. Disney's like, okay, we got to do something here, and you know whatever. <laughs> it doesn't nothing. They they obviously did. The, I mean, yeah. because they're they're a corporation and they're cynical and they have to operate that way because they do that to all of us. Yeah, you know? they don't like white. They're, they're looking for, they're looking for the heartstrings they can pull wherever they think the money is going to fall. Yeah, they look uh, for green, but they did this the right way. They 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 definitely did it the right way, and uh, it shows cool. that you know Marvel deserves the success it's got. Yeah. Uh, following up on that, I saw um, Red Sparrow. No, which I'll is block. a it's sort of a spy thriller one and it's got it stars Jennifer Lawrence and she basically plays a um you know an elite whatever yeah. for r- the Russian government uh basically huh. a, a subset of these spies that are essentially you know trained in sexual prowess and how to manipulate people and <laughs> how to use soft power to get you know yeah. secrets and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever um it it didn't get that great of reviews again I have movie pass I didn't have to pay to go see it so uh yeah, you know, like, what whatever the hell? uh <laughs> And uh, a lot of people were saying that it was basically the um, the um, Black Widow or the yeah Black Widow from Avengers. It was basically that character's backstory, which yeah. I think it kind of was. People are like, "When is she going to get a movie?" And they're like, "Well, I don't think they're going to be that interested in rebooting Red Sparrow <laughs> that quickly <laughs> because it feels like they basically stole that character's uh, yeah. backstory." But uh, it it got kind of bad reviews and. I will say that it, in terms of a spy thriller movie, there was not a ton of action. There's mm-hmm. a lot of violence. A lot. There's sexual violence. A, a lot of sexual violence. Um, and there's a lot of like violence, violence, like people that die horribly. Yeah. Um. Almost. And and like the the horrible death stuff isn't really shown, but you see the aftermath of it in a way that makes it. it there's a lot of it's it's brutal. Yeah. The the bad stuff in it is brutal, like like uncomfortably brutal, brutal in, in several scenes. But that's like Ichi the Killer, is something I keep going back to. I had to do that for this show. Now I can do it. I'm gonna. It's the violence, and the way that the people that are killed by this this guy are just. It's hard to watch sometimes. You're like, oh my god, you know. And it's it's it wasn't like really torture porn or something like that, but it was just amped up to eleven and crazy you no. know it sounds like similar like, but, uh, and, and i mean and uh, that's not the whole movie by any yeah. means but i'm just saying when it happens it happens in a way that's like unforgettable <laughs> yeah. um but uh and the, the thing is is that like, like the, marvin's head in uh in pulp fiction <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i shot marvin in the face <laughs> you think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, basically, they kind of explore the ideas of the difference uh, between a, a Russian society where things for so long were, were, were state-controlled and people people's independence from the state and the way they operate versus the way yeah. like the U.S. operates on a more individualistic basis. Obviously, you know, U.S. characters are made out to be heroes because, you know, it's a movie for us. So it's interesting to look at that and think about how much of what they talk about from the, the Russian side is that 
how how close to reality is any of that or isn't it. But the one interesting thing about the movie, though, is is that you never really know. You know the main character. You see mm-hmm. where she starts off because she starts off as like a ballerina that ends up getting hurt and then can't do what she was supposed to do. And her mom, she and her mom are about to get kicked out of the street. And her uncle talks her into doing this. It, it, like you see the whole path to lead her to where she is, which gives her every reason to hate everything, everything, and yeah. everybody, especially her own family and the people that run her country and blah, 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 blah. But she's a spy for them. And then there's this, this idea where the U S is trying to flip her and, you know, turn her into (laughs) a, and basically until the very, very end of the movie, you don't really know where she's going with all this, like with what she's doing, with whose side she's really on and who, who sounds like she's on her side. That's what I thought. She is. I'm calling the ending is, uh, (laughs) she is on her side, but, but who's, but ultimately who benefits from that perspective, you really don't know. And it's interesting because everything, because her character, they don't really, they don't really spend a lot of time giving you insights Mm. into her thought process. So everything she does is really just what you see her doing. And because what she's doing from one scene to the next contradicts so much, you really don't know in the end whether, what, which, which version of her you're supposed to believe uh, as yeah. an audience, which nice. is interesting. It did get horrible reviews. Eh, I liked it. That's cool. Um, last uh, and probably least is A Stitch in Time. Or, uh, I'm sorry, A Wrinkle in Time which is a Disney one that just came out um, hmm. came out Friday, and it was based off of a book written in the 1960s. Animated? No. Oh, okay. It's got Oprah Winfrey in it, so it's going to make a buttload of money. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because uh, Talk you Talk about have, runaway money trains. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to think, like, well, obviously there's something going on here if Oprah decided to act, you know? Uh, <laughs> and you watch my movie, and you, you watch, watch my, my movie, movie. and you... We will obey. And I had a discussion yesterday with somebody about it who also saw it, and I think we came to a consensus on why Oprah did it. That makes sense. Um, And it's sort of altruistic, but that doesn't make it a good movie. Um, It was based off of a book written in the 1960s by a woman, and it was a sci-fi book, and it was not... The book was not well-received at the time, and there were a lot of reasons behind it. The lead character, the hero, was a girl. And it was science fiction, and it was a girl using intelligence and using, you know, like the air for the era that yeah. came out. The hero, the, the the hero of the story was not some a hero that. When people, is hero gonna make us a sandwich and go <laughs> and clean the clean the laundry? And you're like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. There were uh, there were elements of it that society was not in a place to accept at the time. But over the years, because of that, it became a sort of a champion story in a way because uh. she was seen as sort of visionary for imagining that this kind of a possibility could happen. In the uh, future, where everyone's equally worthless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, from what I understand, the characters were not as cut and dry, good and bad. And I, you know, like, but obviously, there are certain things that had to be done to make it a Disney movie and also make it a make running, it, make it a Oprah reasonable movie. running time. Yeah. So it feels. So I haven't read the story, um, but the visuals and the trailers, which are what they really promoted you know, were appealing to me, and um, so I went, and uh, I would say that it was not a very good movie. The story was kind of general. They didn't really explain very clearly what the problem was with the bad things. Some of the characters um, that were even the good guys that were helping, they didn't really very clearly explain their motivations, their origins, what they were, who they were, what the limitations on their abilities were, until things came into effect. Like, when suddenly it was time for Oprah and her gang to not be all powerful uh-huh. suddenly they weren't and they're gone <laughs> <laughs> you're like wait what now <laughs> but they could still communicate and then when they were when when the, the threat was over then suddenly they were back i don't know it's just <laughs> you're like wait what are we doing it, here What's that was another on? one that got bad reviews <laughs> and i looked at and but one of the positive reviews that i read for it basically said this isn't a movie for cynical people and it's really not a movie for adults so <laughs> so Let if it go, you're man. cynical and an adult you're gonna view this in the wrong way and i thought okay well I'll go into this one with an open mind. I actually honestly had trouble staying awake, Ugh, which is something yeah. that's that's hard. worse. And that was and I saw that movie at four thirty in the afternoon yesterday, so I don't. Mm. It doesn't have the same excuse that Annihilation did. Long time, long time listeners know I have often championed when I'm watching these movies. It, it, I, the worst thing a movie can do is nothing. Yeah. If if it if you're just like some of these B movies, they they didn't do anything enough. They don't. There's no reason. There's no point. They don't add anything to the to the genre they don't bring anything special they're just kind of a knockoff of a photocopy of a who cares that's the worst thing a movie can be it's just not to have a point to exist and, and you're like why did i just spend an hour and a half watching this you did nothing for anybody you know and that's yeah. that happens to a lot that's a, 
why a lot of B movies are B movies. It's not that they don't have a good story. It's just a story we've seen ten times that have done better. And you're like, yeah. well, do something. You know, if you're gonna be a, a, a violent, uh, you know, like kind of a porn torture porn, then amp it up. That's why that people, those people are there to see it. And for that one though, I'd say if you've seen, if you watch all the trailers for it, I can tell you the, I can tell you that the good guys win, and you'll know basically everything you need to know about the movie. The mm-hmm. the as as much as the plot is gonna be defined in the movie yeah. is what you see in the trailer. There's just there's lots of pretty stuff. But yeah. there's not really much more to it than that. And I'm a person who likes going to movie theaters, not because I enjoy being next to smelly people and paying <laughs> too much for popcorn and not being able to hit the pause it's button. But I like being able to go into a giant dark room and having the movie that I'm there to see being the only thing that can hold my attention. For no that phone. Time. There's no phone. No car. There's no, no, there's no lights on in the living room. I'm not eating my dinner you know, yeah. and worrying about this or whatever. It, that's it. For that yeah. period of time... I'm invested in what's happening on the screen, and, and it has my attention. Mm-hmm. So, for a movie to to make to not do that, I mean, even Annihilation, for as weird as it was and as tired as I was, I I, I wanted to be a, with it. My body was just failing me <laughs> because of the time and and because of the the uh, the uh, dream inducing sequences that that had. Yeah. It was easy to to kind of lull out on that one. This one, I was completely alert when I went in there. It was the middle of the day for me to be having trouble staying awake. Because the movie was not holding my attention. <laughs> yeah, bad. You're like, that's bad. All right, we're gonna take a trailer break, and then when we come back. We're gonna get into our movie of the week, and boy, hang on for this one. Interesting, <laughs> the, the most acid I've ever seen anybody eat in my life. All the girls know it's not the size that counts, but they go nuts when his private parts become public property. It's the biggest excitement ever. Hallelujah! Watch out for Vincent Price and size up Elky Summer in the comedy whopper of the year. It's not the size that counts. Rated R. Purple flesh fetish. American International Pictures offer two extreme tales of shock. Super shock. One the ultimate nightmare. Cannibal girls. There is never a meat shortage for cannibal girls. The sound of a bell will warn you when to close and open your eyes. When it rings, close your eyes and try to forget. Cannibal girls. Super shock two. You may never sleep again after experiencing raw meat. I imagine as each one died. The others ate him. Raw meat, a bloody cut above from the land of the hungry dead. Cannibal Girls and Raw Meat together, a full color flesh fetish rated R from American International Pictures. from home. Look, you're a kid. You're no gunner. I'm the only gunner you got. Space Raiders. In a last desperate battle. Come on, kid. Let's go get Space Raiders. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hey, hey! It's your old pal, Krusty, for my new pork sandwich, The Clogger. If you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> All right, we are back. And if you remember, if you if you're eating a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> All right, Krusty the Clown, we love Christ, Krusty the Clown, we love you. All right, so this week's movie is a long title. It's a. Uh, Valer- oh, by the way, this is the reason I'm actually here. Yes, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Now, most of you might be like, now, wait a minute, this isn't a B-movie from the 40s or 50s or 60s. I'll be like, it isn't. It's a D-movie from... (laughs) (laughs) It's a D-movie from last year. Uh, This was one I had never heard of. Again, when you don't have cable, you don't hear a lot of the shill. I mean, you don't go to movies and theaters a lot, so you don't see the trailers. So, 
this is one that Promi said, I'll tell you what, don't watch it. It's total garbage. This was like two or three weeks ago. We were doing just offhand when we were talking on, on, a, on one of our shows. Because it was, this is, this, okay, so this movie came out in a sweet spot. I had applied, I'd signed up for Movie Pass, but it was like me and, uh, 250,000 other people and they were overwhelmed with new subscribers and nice. movie pass for those of you that don't know basically means you pay a one monthly fee and you go to all the movies you want so pretty much that's that's simplifying it slightly but yeah. that's the gist of it but anyway I'd signed up and it took forever for me to get my card which is basically a debit card that they put money on for you to go buy tickets for at the theater and there was this so it took like a month and a half for me to get this almost two months during which time movies came out and I was reluctant to go see them because I'm like if I'm I'm going to drop 12 bucks on this movie today and I'm going to get my damn pass in the mail tomorrow and I'm going to be pissed you know yeah uh so this was one of those movies that I ended up not seeing because because of that and I eventually ended up renting it from a red box and I ended up feeling cheated out of my dollar. I'm like, I know this is going to be a beautiful movie. A lot of times with Red Blocks, I I, kind of go through a back and forth. Am I going to rent it on DVD or Blu-ray? Like, how much of, how much quality, you know, how how much is it worth it to me to see it in that way when it's something, when it may be stuff that's imperceptible, like dramas a lot of times and, you know, comedies I'll just get on DVD because who cares? But I'm like, okay, I'll I'll spend the buck 45 on the, or the $2 on the. Fifth Element guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm like this is one where those visuals would really kick in. I might have, I might have even shelled out five bucks to rent it on 4K Blu-ray if wow. it was available. Do you have a 4K TV? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. I do have a player that can. That can That's do it, awesome, so. man. I, I, I don't know. Are those are they really that much different? Yeah. Well, I, we, I mean, I just figured it was a reselling of well, the, okay. the new technology. So, so the reason I have a 4K TV is because I needed to get a new TV. Yeah. And this just happened to. It, Things worked out that way. I wasn't. I no, wasn't. No, no. I wasn't gunning for it, but because I basically didn't pay extra. I didn't for think it. you were a cinephile that yeah. needed the newest and greatest. You know. You and the reason. Kid. And the reason I have a 4K player is because I have an Xbox S One S that has 4K built. Makes perfect sense. So, I, I just never met anyone that had a 4K before. I don't think. So I, I seem like I might be really into this stuff. I just lucked into the technology. <laughs> Happenstance. Yeah. Gave you the new technology. The deal well, with 4K is is that um, it's four times the re- basically it's four times the resolution of the 1080p. Okay. Or the 1080i. Wow. And uh, no, 1080p, not i. And uh, the, the the truth of the matter is, is that's not the part that really matters. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, know. I suppose like, if you're if you're watching my, I'll, I'll say this: if you if you're within a foot of my screen, you can definitely tell uh-huh. because uh, my my old TV. If you got that close, you would see the dot pattern for the the pixels, basically. Oh, yeah. Now, once you were watching it from a normal viewing area of, like, six feet away or so, you didn't see it at all. But when you walked up close... You like, could oh, you could wow. see it. Yeah. It, it I wouldn't say it was distracting and I wouldn't say it was a problem, but you could tell. This one you can get like right up to the TV and you definitely you, you it it looks it a freeze frame could of a photograph could look like a, could look like you were looking at a printed photograph wow, basically. That's cool. A backlit backlit piece of plastic rather than an mm-hmm. actual frame of a video. Well, we all know my holdout threshold, so until my TV <laughs> blows up and melts onto the floor, I won't be getting one. Well, but. that was more or less what led me to that. Something blew up <laughs> yeah. and melted to the floor. It just wasn't the TV. Uh, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so now back to the movie. So, uh, and, uh, but, oh. uh, so, so I, I'm like, eh, I'll shell out the, the $2 for yeah. the Blu-ray. Um, I actually feel, I actually wish I could get my 2 bucks back. <laughs> That was how bad this was. I mean, I, not only do I wish I could have gotten my two ducks back, I wish I could have written the studio and, and gotten compensated for the time I spent watching this movie. Uh, Your criminal negligence has, yeah. has cost me two hours of my life. It takes a lot. There's plenty of things I've watched that I've regretted. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, A Wrinkle in Time was one of them. But I'm not I'm not looking for compensation from Disney. Uh, uh, now, now, what happened was, you, you warned me of this. Yes. You know? And I was like, all right, oh, I'll still clear. That's cool. Because the people that were made, made Fifth Element, did this movie, you That's could see it. That's what happened. The trailer I'm, looked beautiful. I'm sitting there watching Netflix, and sometimes they really want you to watch something, and over and over, and I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I was like, well, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my movie hole, so I might as well just slide right into this one. I can just watch and watch and watch. Uh, and then I, I hit play, and I was like, wow, this is weird. You can see the influence from Fifth Element. Yeah, you can definitely tell that there was somebody involved they were just very weird worlds. Not weird worlds. I don't even know how to... Because even, like, even that wouldn't necessarily be bad. <laughs> no, no, because that's, you know, that's where that guy shines, you know? The, yeah, the, but... The future scaping and all that kind of weird stuff. Where you're like, oh, that's really cool. That would be something that we'd see, 
you know. Um, where did it go wrong? This this It's so hard to pinpoint. I mean, I will say you hear about chemistry and the actors not having chemistry or the actors having good chemistry. <laughs> I never really understood that till I saw this movie. That And yeah. I will say that those seem like two people that could not have been more interested and not or could not have been less interested in each other's fate. It was crazy. And yet they were, which that that so that was incredibly unbelievable because they're very two two very attractive people who maybe theoretically can act. I don't know. I think I've seen her in some stuff. I don't think... I'm not sure if I've seen yeah. him in other things or not, but... I didn't like his character. It was so too too cool guy, uh, too cool for school guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, that was something I was worried about with Deadpool, but Ryan Reynolds was self-aware and pulled it off, and it... But this guy is just so super cool, and everything's just like, oh, he's he's the Joe Cool of the whole world, and you're like... I don't. I don't like this guy. I don't like this character. You know, yeah. and that's you don't like a character or somebody you're supposed to empathize with. Then what's the point? It was just um, and and what, exactly what you're saying too, where these two who are supposed to be like fighting back their sexual tension, like they really love each other, but they don't because they're too cool. But they do. I didn't buy any of that ever, ever. Yeah. That 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 girl saying, "Oh, maybe I'll marry you." I never for one for one second thought she even cared if he lived to make the set tomorrow. And, right. And, 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 and yet, just, and yet, she's supposed to be rescuing him, and then ends up getting caught herself, and then he's supposed to care enough about her, and it's like mm. not a second did I buy any of it, you know. Yeah. And that's that movie was kind of my sweet spot. You know, I love sci-fi. I like B movie through now. Uh, that is time travel and sci-fi. That's kind of like where I live. That's my wheelhouse. And this one was just like, what are we doing here, you know? And it was popcorn sci-fi. It was the the fun, don't think too hard about it type. Which Perfect. Is, yeah. <laughs> per- roll camera, you know, I'm like ready to go. And I was like, wow. And this I is- mean, Ooh. if they'd replaced the actors, would that have fixed it? I don't think so. It would have been a move in the right direction. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I don't even know if it was the actors, because it's it's like we were talking... Um, when we were talking about Annihilation, mm. we mentioned we were talking about the Star Wars ones. Yeah. Natalie Portman, like she was a good, she's a great actress. You wouldn't have known it from watching that th- those Ugh. three movies. Yeah. What's his face? The guy that played Darth Vader. That may have actually sunk his career because he might have been a good actor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the only person who came out of that one completely unscathed was uh, Samuel L. Jackson, in my opinion, because. <laughs> You know, he just plays Samuel Jackson. That's Samuel L. Jackson with a purple lightsaber. All right, I don't. I don't. You could have, you could have had him reciting the uh, the ingredients off the back of a cereal box. That's still Samuel L. Jackson with a purple lightsaber. End of story. Pop, snapple, crack, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't remember what those are. Pop, snap, snapple. What's what? Snap, crackle, pop. You could put him in a kids <laughs> show. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would make him on less cool. I don't. I, I, I think. I think he's invincible. Uh, he just. He has a quote like he has to be in twelve movies a day, and yeah. and it has to be, and he just plays him, and then yeah. his agents just keep sending him where to drive next. Like a he's like a li- link driver or something. <laughs> like, just, like a lift driver. Uh, lift yeah. driver. He just he just goes from set to set. And he's like. Now who am I cursing at? Oh you? Okay. Now you get your ass over here. Just and okay. I'm perfectly fine with that. You We're know? all perfectly fine. I feel fine I with feel it. a little resentful that sometimes that tricks me into seeing certain movies, but it's not going to stop me from seeing the next one he's in. <laughs> We're all comfortable with it. That's why we keep loving you, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. But yeah, this one, and then and then because I was kind of analyzing. Maybe as if I'm they put him it. in this movie. No. I was no. trying to figure out who could be those two. Who who would have punched it up and 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 done something, but. Again, the snark factor of the dude was just into- intolerable, you know. And now maybe that's how he was written, and back when he was written, because I didn't know this, that you said uh, this is off of a French comic book. Yeah. So maybe that was the style of the time. Like yeah, that, from that like was the 1960s. Uh, the 60s, you know. Uh, the, uh, um, somebody from the um, Two Dimension podcast is the one that kind of uh, told me about that, because he was excited about this one coming out. I haven't talked to him about the movie since uh, it came out, so I don't know if he's seen it, but... But yeah, it's possible that it could have kind of related to the original source material. And that a and bit. that sensibility isn't isn't in our lexicon now. Like you know, yeah. what I mean? like it's like an American audience, and it's also not thirty years or forty years yeah. later. Little, it's like somebody like somebody cool from the '60s, and you'd be like, "Look at this idiot," you know. Well, and, I'm, I'm pretty sure James Bond is still cool, though. So yeah, well, he I, was a different level of cool. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know. So, so but but yeah, it's it's so hard to explain why it was such an awful movie. The visuals were good. Yeah. 
I mean, the thing with the thing with the uh, the what that what happens in the beginning when they're on that, that, I like that deserted that. place and they're kind of it's like the sh- place is in another dimension and they're yeah. sort of. I mean, that was a cool concept, and the way they illustrate it is a way that as an audience member you yeah. get it. And, and I liked I liked when that damn uh, uh, when that warship augered in. Yeah, I thought I that was like awesome to me just because that grandiose crash where this this thing is just is a space station a space cruiser mm. and much like how they drove the one uh, from the from the star wars where they drove that one in to destroy the the shield right. um that is when that's going that's it you better hide in whatever cave you can crawl into and this thing augers into the water of this like super peaceful right. hippie commune planet and and it blows up and it was like holy shit you know that was that was a good scene i like that scene quite and, a bit and the scene in the beginning when they kind of show how this place first formed you know with like yeah. the and then like the people like the americans and the russians or whatever the yeah, chinese yeah, that yeah, are meeting that up was... there and how it and, you know like going on over time and how more and, more, and more, planets, more and more you know. species from different planets come mm-hmm. and as it gets weirder and weirder but but everybody like i'm like looking at that i'm going you know, maybe the reviews were wrong about this because yeah, it seems like it's going in the right direction, and then boom. Yeah, yeah then, it, then it doesn't. The <laughs> then city it gets of a thousand, to current times. Uh, the city of a thousand planets is actually like a, an international space station that just gets hip, and everyone keeps build, building on it, and then it shows it being almost the size of the moon or something. Like that. That's when they have to move it. Yeah, they get and to a point where it's starting like it's going to crash into the Earth. It's affecting the gravitational yeah, pull. So they got to jettison it out of our orbit, but, but and it still just becomes this hub of coolness, and then aliens start joining. So now that's it's this. Like space station that's the size of a. It's like the United Nations. It's like it's like the intergalactic UN, which is awesome, and that's a great premise. That is something that would I, if you have hopes and dreams for the future, that would be awesome. Yeah. If that kind of stuff happened, you'd be like, man, this is great. And it's like all these species live there, and not all of them can even live in the same environment, so they have different sections, and not all of them get along that well, and they they're cornered off. Yeah. And if you go into one area, one's area, something might happen yeah. to you because on paper that sounds pretty cool. It does. <laughs> in theory, in practice, not so cool. You're like, oh yeah. man. And that's and then then our hero shows up and 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 with his with his girlfriend. And she's a cop too. There's like space cops or whatever. Yeah, and which they just, don't, which they don't really completely clearly yeah. define because they seem like space cops, but with incredible limitations on their actual ability yeah. to exert authority in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Yeah, you're like I don't know. And they're these talking monkeys with wings that and long mouths. And yeah, those were those, they reminded me of a character out of uh, um, heavy metal. Yeah, I can see that. There's this weird trunked monkey all-knowing things you know, like, that seem like for what they know sh- should be doing a lot better for themselves than they apparently are on this yeah, this place yeah. they uh, almost look like those ones from futurama too remember the ones that the information sponges they were the ones oh that, yeah yeah so i don't know and then it just is wacky adventure to wacky adventure with some space politics thrown in and, and some girl wearing a big hat that turns out to be a bowl um yeah. that some alien's gonna cut her head open and eat her brain and so weird so much so pointless and it's like a lot like, of it was pointless you know yeah and it, like from scene to scene there were scenes where you'd go like oh this was really like like it seems like the cinematography was well done yeah and yeah. working out the the, uh, the the effects and the scenes and the way people live people were interacting with what was clearly props or puppetry combined with cg to create mm-hmm. these world i mean like in that regard it was a success the same way that a movie like fifth element was yeah and they got the visuals exactly right and like for a certain for various scenes, the setups were done very well. But then, uh. but then Rihanna's in there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, like what are we doing here, man? And, <laughs> like it, 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 it's 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 like heartbreaking because you see things like this and it's semi original material. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's based off of something, but it's off of something obscure enough that it's not. They're they're not pulling in audiences based on oh, it's the next Transformers movie. Yeah. So, like they took a chance. You yeah. know, it was big budget. They took a chance. It's not stocked full of A-list oh, actors. You could tell this was big money. Yeah. You know, and what? Now, and, when you said and studios oh. don't roll the dice like that that much no. anymore, without, without it being a sure thing, and that's what makes it so heartbreaking. Is is that <laughs> it feels like this movie is going to stop the good one from ever being made. And now. that's the I always champion roll the dice, make things. But then I start seeing all these documentaries, and that one roll of the dice means they're not there no more. Right. You know, Orion isn't there anymore. Like, like the you next know. time. 
the, the when somebody has a pitch and a vision, like the next Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan, that has a pitch for a sci-fi thing that's going to be, that's going to sound remotely, it's going to blow your mind, remotely yeah. like it has any relation to this at all in nope. any way, shape, or form, an element. They're going to be like, nope. <laughs> been there nope 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 look at this chart you see that one on the bottom yeah that's when they tried that and I'm not yeah. doing that I'm see not. everybody connected in that chart they don't work in this industry anymore <laughs> it's so true and when you said I, that I didn't know when you said that it was a comic book it makes a lot of sense now because if you're sitting there and you can't wait for the next Valerian to come out and it's like oh my god look at this, this is, now they're on a planet where some dude eats people sometimes with a big hat thing that's a comic book section. Yeah, that that would make sense. Watch out next month. Our hero is going to go to the water world. And you're like, oh, cool. I yeah. like the water world. On a movie, you have to dilute everything to make it fit. And, and it's also... And I think in a comic book format, and again, I'm not a fan of comic books. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. I, okay, that makes it sound like I don't like them. I just don't care. They're I just don't. They're, they're, don't they exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a medium I've been... <laughs> yeah. I've had yeah. a lot of exposure to. That's how I am. I don't I, like or dislike. You know, I don't if, care. If I got into them, you could find... You, you might be able to find me at Emerald City every damn weekend. But... but I'm, I haven't gone down that path and I don't plan to, so, yeah. you know. It's, I always say that's it, my dicey path with anime. I, I like it, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to be that guy. I, don't, I, 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 I dip my toe into this pool every now and then, and that's it, like, you know. So, with comic books in general, I like the movies, more or less. Yeah. Uh, I have no real, real connection to most yeah. of the source material I haven't since I was about seven. Yeah. You know, every kid loved Spider-Man and, Hulk, and Incredible Hulk, but... See, so maybe they're more like... These, maybe they're more like DC... What Marvel, to me, my estimation, this doesn't mean it's right or wrong, it's my opinion. What Marvel does is they took the characters and made it into an action movie where DC consistently fails because they take their characters and they make it a comic book that's all enveloping. And that's not how it works. Like, you know, Marvel, you're basically watching uh, Rambo 3 or Rocky 6 or who cares. It's just this guy now and it's a super action movie and it throws in enough self-referential material to go, wow, look, there's that guy from that planet. And who cares, you know? Because yeah. I, who don't wa don't read comic books, like them. It's just this stupid action movie with Spider-Man or whomever, where DC seems to miss the mark a lot. And I think maybe they're tr being true, too true to their to their comic books. I don't know if that's true or not, but well, there's you know. a lot of there's a lot of elements at play. <laughs> well, okay, so first of all, Warner Brothers is the one that has the right the movie rights to all the DC stuff, and to some degree. Yes and no, because they've, they've rebooted... I know they've rebooted these comics so many times, ah. and characters have gotten... Like, Batman has gone from... There's been so many versions of Batman. You Holy think about the, the originals on that, and then, uh, I you know... And then the, the the TV series, and the original Batman movie, and then the Batman movies that... You know, the one that... Um, oh, the Nolan that, uh, ones. And then, the, and then the Christopher Nolan ones came along, where he's like, okay, let's take this and make this quasi-plausible. Yeah. Let's take it and make let let's make it take all the cartoonish elements out and and create a create a world where this might actually seem like it's something that could really happen. I just watched and, Forever and and uh, Batman and Robin. Oh yeah. Holy shit! Those are some of the dumbest things I've ever. That guy has some fucking problems. Like he has some <laughs> mental problems. Whoever made the uh, the guy. Uh, oh, what's that? his name? Um. <sighs> yeah, I I can't think of his name either. But Joel Schumacher. Yeah. He. I. I you watch this. You're like, hey. I, I don't think we should be showing this. This is a kid's movie. There's a, too many close-ups of crotches right now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like this, you know. <laughs> wow. Because I also didn't like the newer ones where that was oh, super dumb and birds. And you're like, oh, okay, let's dial it back. The world's shitty enough. Can we have some fun here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I but guess I mean, I, those worked. Those yeah, were they successful. Definitely and, they worked. You know. But they went with a new direction. And it seems like, um, oh gosh, what the hell's the guy's name? Uh, Schneider, Snyder, um, Robert Snyder, or I can't think of his name. Sucker Punch. He's the one that basically set the tone for oh, all the yeah. new, all yeah. the new DC stuff. You know, like he went with this idea of like brutal reality. You know, where uh, everything's going to be shades. Everything's going to be shades of grays and browns and depressing. <laughs> and there was a com there was a comic floating around for a little while that showed like the example of classic Superman to to Snyder's Superman, and it's like there's a kid on the top of a building contemplating jumping, and like the the classic one is the so Snyder is, is a, not not Spider-Man, it's Superman, and Superman's over there trying to talk him down and explaining about blah 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 blah, and then in, basically in the second one it's more like Superman says something and then lifts off with such force that the kid gets knocked off the building and you know like like one is kind of like I don't care go fuck yourself and leaves and the force of his leaving pushes the kid off the edge or something is something to that effect and they're like difference between whatever what, what Superman fans want and what 
what's what Warner Brothers is giving them. Yeah, for uh, sure. And uh, uh, and the I other thing too it. is is that it seems like they saw like Marvel somebody at Disney or at Marvel Studios had an idea. Yeah. You know, a, a, more than a decade ago to create something that had never been done before and with all of these movies that are interlocked. And they spent a long time realizing that vision. I mean, oh, every yeah, every yeah, single yeah. movie that came out after Iron Man 1 was in service of this master plan. Right. It was they were all designed to kind of stand on their own, but they were all designed to interlink and build into this big thing. DC just sat around and watched it happen and then one day said, "Hey, they're making buttloads of money. We should do that too. How can we get how can we not spend a decade building up all of this and just jump right in? Yeah. So they they spit out the Superman movie, then they spit out the Superman versus uh, Batman, which intru- which tried to introduce Batman into this new world as well as Wonder Woman, as well as Aquaman, as well as you know like, like as well as the Flash. Then they come out with the you know the Suicide Squad one, which is again they're trying to just shove all of these characters together with backstories. And I tried to rewatch that. I liked it the first time. I didn't like it the second time I watched it. I was like this uh, sucks. It's like they they were trying to create this expanded universe as cheaply and quickly as possible, uh, yeah. and they're trying to do it with a vision and going in a direction that the fans haven't liked. So you've got all this dense material that they're having to lighten up and sh- shorten up to make happen. Because yeah. because you know w- this other movie that came out was the equivalent of this one that just came out, the Justice League, was the equivalent of the first Avengers movie. But by the time that first movie had happened, there'd been more than a half a dozen movies building to that. You're like okay, this is like movie four or three in the pipeline and yeah. it's like suddenly like yep, here it is everyone enjoy it yeah like, i don't know care and spend tip money and yeah give us your money so yeah there you go i don't know yeah. it, it, so i my, I, my analogy might not be correct but it's just one of those things where as i was watching now and again now that you said it was a comic book thing i was like oh, okay i guess some of that makes sense because it does it does feel disjointed and some of the stilted conversation you know like you know, in a com- if you think about the way a comic book panel can appear, where a character kind of is looking off and sort of yeah. has a, sort of expressionlessly just regurgitating yeah. dialogue, you know, in a way that is kind of what they do <laughs> through most of the movie. Yeah. But the problem is, is that you look at a, a single frame of a of a, a picture with a with a speech bubble, and that makes sense because there's nothing to emote. You know, there's yeah. only so much expression you can show over the course of that whole thing. Yeah. But for to have two characters that are supposedly in love, but basically deal with almost the entire movie with straight faced banter. Uh, now the now the the uh, going in and out of the dimension. That was kind of cool. Yeah, the, yeah. That stuff I thought was so intriguing because you're like, wow. When they were going to that mega shop, yeah, and Walmart of the future, and they were all just wandering it. around in a desert. Yeah, and it's so that was neat. And and you, and like the way they brought the weapon into it, the the thing they had, you they know, had like, to like sneak and, it through and stuff. It was neat. and this and where it got stuck and he couldn't get out and you know they're chasing him down and basically just chasing his hand. See, it does have glim- it has glimmers of what it could have been. Yeah. So that's that, and that's the problem. A lot of times with these movies that you don't like, or you end up going, "Oh my god, that was a slog." You this one has those glimmers where you're like, "Oh, maybe maybe I'm just judging it wrong. Maybe it's okay. Maybe maybe maybe." You know, the, the battered wife syndrome, I guess. <laughs> like <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, you're like, wait, wait, maybe it's okay. Oh no, just slugged me again. That's yeah. no good. You know, uh, and that's that's this movie all over all over it. You know, that's what, it's it's got enough stuff that it seems like it had going for it that you can't watch it and just have fun with the fact that it's a crappy movie. Yeah. Because instead you just feel bad for everybody involved because it feels like it should have been a better movie. Because I don't see this being a B movie or a cult movie. Like a lot of a lot of stuff you watch you're like, ah, oh, this'll be a cult this'll be a B movie that people will re- remember and watch right. again, you know. This is gonna be one that's just lost to time and no one's gonna care. Because everyone wants huh? to forget it. There was a there was a, a movie called Space Mutiny that uh, that uh, this made me laugh right when it first started because there was this group of girls that were on this ship and Space Mutiny is the, a classic red brown B movie so so crazy and they were called the Balerians and they were like <laughs> these they looked like they were all uh, jazzer sized ex- uh, instructors from the eighties and they, <laughs> and they were walking around, they were just dancing around in this weird thing furnished by Spencer's gift because it had those lightning balls. And they were supposed to be sensual, but they all kind of looked like Lorraine Newman, you know. <laughs> and, and 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 I was like, ah, Valerians! I wish there was a movie about Valerians doing that stuff. You know, just have these these weird jazzercise girls dancing around. But it wasn't. It, it was not as good as that. <laughs> my my brain at movie was really funny and and good. But this one not so much. All right, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. I, you know, uh, one to ten, I'm gonna put this. 
I don't hate it. So I'm going to say like a 5-5 five, five or a 6, give or take. Uh, my Again, my threshold of pain is pretty pretty high, so I have a good tolerance for that stuff. I mean, what, what would you put this out of 10? Uh, honestly, I would put it... Because of because of missed opportunities, because of it, because of the fact that it showed potential for being something good, in yeah. my mind that hurt that hurt it even more. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna say a one personally. I, wow. This is a movie I never want to see again. It's a movie I. <laughs> there you have it, the first one from Promi on the yeah. show. Uh, that's that's reserved for stuff. We used to have a versus shows, but back when uh, uh, Doctor Morbius was on the show, we used to see who could hurt the other one, and that's who won. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, I, so you dust this off, huh? Only because you know there, there's not because if it had been all bad, then yeah. I could have appreciated it for just being bad. It's funnily bad, hilariously bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's movie, there's those movies where you can tell everybody on the set took this seriously and thought that they were making Shakespeare, and they definitely weren't. This movie just felt like it should have been good. Yeah, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you have it. I, I think if you were thinking of watching it, if you're hungover on a Sunday, I mean, put it on and go drifting out of sleep. You're actually not missing anything when you do that. And, uh, you know, good luck. Well, thanks for stopping by the studio for the show. And I'm thankful that you had to have us this week, yeah, Promi. And, uh, okay, I'll see you next week for more Slow Robot Go Go. Pour it on, Morris. Give it everything she's got.